Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-host, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we continue to travel through all of the gates uh, before we get to the realm of death, which means that we are finishing up our prompt from Diplo Raptor over on Discord. This is the second part, so you definitely want to go ahead and listen to the first part before we continue on. And remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, and submit the prompt on the radial button. If you want to send us an email the old-fashioned way, you can always send it to worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. You can follow us on social media on Twitter over at Let's World Build. You can join our community over on Discord with a link for that in the description. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always give us money over on Patreon with a link for that in the description as well. So without further ado, we're going to ride right into the second part. Now, where we left off, we had a twist, which was Big Brother is Watching. So who wants to reconcile the twist that we have going on? Daniel, start us off. Um, okay, so for the twist, I, I, I wasn't thinking of anything really earth-shattering or huge, um, which is the point of the twist, I understand. But my thoughts were there's probably, if Big Brother's watching means spying of some kind or like oversight. So I thought either... Um, there's one of the factions that's opposed to both the um, Aryman and the Empire is has some knowledge or some spies um, within their groups, so maybe one of the, the majocracy factions that we were talking about. And so they have some intelligence or maybe there is something inside the planes that's watching what's going on. And so there's a like a larger perspective above all of them. Um, and that that thing has its own intentions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what you had there. And uh, I was thinking when, when I think of Big Brother, right, uh, I, of course, think of the CBS reality show. But more importantly, I also do think of the 1984 book. Uh, and with that, I, I tend to think of Big Brother as like a means of control. It's not just about spying to me. It's also a means of like there is a plan and there is an edifice within within play that is controlling things. So that got me thinking about the pilgrims or rather the refugees themselves, the the ferrymen. So I'm starting to think that the ferrymen themselves, that this whole, you know, them leading these people out and, you know, they're kind of spreading out in course of directions and whatnot, that this is deliberate in some way. And I'm I'm not going to say that it's the, I originally had it as the empire, you know, while seemingly falling apart is actually behind this kind of manipulation where, you know, they're, they're deciding or they're, they're pushing these refugees into certain areas to set the seeds to reconquer these lands. But I'm not convinced about that yet. And my general take on it is that there is someone who's pulling the strings. There's someone who is directing these refugees in certain areas that they need to be to essentially spring a trap, right? So this is all some kind of a conspiratorial uh, kind of um, plan by someone. And I'm hoping that Courtney can come in and tell us who it is or <laughs> at some point. Uh, that is deliberate. Like this, this whole plan has been hatched 
it's gone perfectly. It's part of the plan, you know, like it's like Q followers, you know, like got to trust the plan. That's basically where we are with this. So mine ties in definitely with Daniel's and I think we could make it work with yours, Rob. Uh, my idea was that the keys are not just gates between worlds, but they're also a way for like whatever the prime beings in charge of each plane, um, a way for them to observe and manipulate the material mm. world. Kind okay. of like how um, in Lord of the Rings, like wearing, putting the one ring on, lets Sauron like see you and track you down. Um, so wow. thinking something similar with the keys here. So maybe, um, maybe it's even like whatever is in control of the realm of the dead is the one responsible for this exodus i'm i'm fully supporting this idea i love the idea that the god of the dead or the lord of the realm of the dead mm -hmm. has like manipulated everything to to this point right where something is happening and his disciples are now spreading out across the land yet again and something's happening we don't know what yet but i love that idea i love that that's a, a solid concept i could the realm of the dead um, be something other than we think it is? Like that is this being that's there. Maybe they're not like a god, but they're like a former ruler of an empire. And the realm of the dead is like what could happen to the current one that's disintegrating. Oh, I see what you mean. Mm. I don't know how that would work metaphysically, but what mm. I'm interested in here is like, instead of us making this big bad like some abstraction, like what if it has some connection to the history of everything else? Like an old, old king or old emperor who mm -hmm. somehow usurped the, the God of the dead, like took over power somehow there. Yeah. Or kind of like when we were talking offline, Rob, you were talking about, um, if you'll remind me of the exact terminology, this, the kind of the cyclical nature of history, maybe mm. there's the realms of, the, of these these paranormal realms are actually, former realities that have become this way because uh, of things okay. that happened before. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I can, I'm loving this idea a lot because I think that we can go a little bit further and, and go like full, we can introduce the concept of cyclical time and we can also introduce the idea, like kind of go with the more conspiratorial concept as well. Um, here's what I'm thinking. When I say that this was all kind of deliberate and part of the plan, maybe the impetus for this whole thing was the original emperor of the of the empire died and then actually took over the land of the dead as a result. And then he's been beckoning to that part, that empire ever since. And his machinations are what has finally led to... He, he's basically trying to come back and rule the empire from the land of the dead in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that because it's nice and simple, right? Yes. Yeah. It could be cloaked yeah. in the mystery of this being a, a god or some benevolent and malicious force. But at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Someone who wants to come home. Yes. Mm -hmm. and rule again. Exactly. And it's, it's simple, but it's also like, there's, there's a lot that's kind of at play in a lot of ways as well, because I, I mean, <sighs> A, a zombified or dead version of, you know, like a previous reigning emperor is like, oh, well, that's just kind of like conservatism in a lot of ways. You know, like mm -hmm. if we wanted to take it into a political realm, we don't have to. But 
that's kind of like the concept that I have where it's like a concept that is dead and buried is now trying to come back and rule once more, you know, like if we wanted to be real blunt about it. I like that. I like that. And it makes, that means that the histories of this lore, if you were to, you know, develop this as cam game setting or story or whatever, like is very important because you can leave those clues as the story develops so that when someone realizes what the big bad really is, it means something to the story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so so I, I suppose my question is like, right. My, my basic concept with this whole thing is it's all his machinations, right? So I suppose we, the, the question that I want answered now is are the ferrymen part of that or not? Because I, I was leaning towards that they are, but now that we have this kind of, you know, exiled king or exiled because he was dead, right? Like the first emperor. So, all right, let's go with that term then, I suppose. So this, this first emperor, right? He wants to return home and he wants to rule all of these realms in between and try and come back in some way, right? Yeah. So are the ferrymen part of his plans or not? Or are they genuine rebels? I feel like they're genuine genuine rebels, but maybe he's he's done something or is using them in some way that they don't know about. Maybe it's something to how last time we were talking about how they're unknowingly spreading certain types of magic. Maybe that's mm. part of his influence. Like he knows that they're going to do that and that in turn makes it easier for him to get a grasp on the material world if he mm-hmm. has these like little areas that he can kind of reach into or cross over through. Mm-hmm. really like that concept i think that there might be something to it as well where it's like once all of these like fonts of energy or power have been introduced onto the material plane then maybe that like opens the gate for his return you know like once the mm-hmm. however yeah. many gates have been opened or at least kind of opened on the material plane maybe that's when he's like okay i can now come back you know like mm-hmm. maybe that's what we're trying to prevent in some way yeah. Well, and let's not forget that when the ferrymen get to the realm of the dead, they have to retrieve the person and bring them back through the gates. Like maybe yeah. it's not as easy as they thought it was. And he had some part in helping that happen. Interesting. Interesting. Well, why wouldn't he send himself first then? I suppose is the question we'd answer. There must be some reason why he can't. He, maybe he's bound in some way. And that's part of the whole process of like manipulating all this. Maybe, maybe he wants to rule. And since he's, you know, gained the the crown down in the land of the dead, it it's something that like he wants to rule both, but he can't be living and dead at the same time. So he's like, whatever, I'm just going to be an undead king, you know, that type. Oh, of thing. oh, mm-hmm. this could work with what you're saying. We could do a Final Fantasy VIII sort of thing. He, in order for him to rule again, he has to invert the state of the kingdom of the dead. So he would, his end goal is to make the kingdom of the dead replace the the existing kingdom and all of the realms that have been turned into planes of whatever element they are would replace the existing realms that are out in the world that the keys are being sent to. Mm. So he's kind of flipping it, which would then imprison those in, in, in the same like pancake. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're essentially trying to reverse the planes of existence. Is that what you're saying, Daniel? Yeah, like maybe the reason, I don't know why he can't just walk out, but maybe for whatever whatever reason, like you're saying, he can't walk out. His goal is, I can't, 
I want to not only escape, but I need to restore my kingdom too. So I'm going to replace the living kingdom with this one and replace all the other ones with the keys with the old kingdoms who were my neighbors, my old land. The whole thing will be inverted. And then the ones who brought the keys back out, they end up taking the place in the other planes. Like their their lands. So with that concept in mind, right? Would this mean that the other planes get inverted in that are in between the the prime material plane and the land of the dead? Would they get inverted as well? So yes. That so that's like, like yes, yeah. so you got five yeah. keys, right? Five lands in the living replace the five lands in the in the in the in the you know in the in the realms all the way to the dead. The realm right. Of the dead. Right. Um, if you'll notice, that was also a masterclass segue into our next bit because I feel like we've really gotten the twist down. We've got this new big bad. We've got all these concepts coming together. And now we get to introduce the planes of realities that are in between. And then I suppose what we can also do is see what they're inverted and how they're inverted as well. Ooh. Yes. Ooh, indeed. So Courtney, why don't you go ahead and start us off by telling us about your plane of existence and the faction that goes along with it. Sure. So mine was uh, going to be the plane of monsters. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, I wanted Ooh. to go in a in a different direction, other than like elemental or um, like good versus evil kind of thing. Um, so I'm picturing this as a birthplace of mythical creatures like dragons, griffins, hydras, and so on. Um, the one ruling over it, I imagine, would be the mother of all monsters. Um, I'm not entirely sure what she would look like, but maybe maybe she even changes appearance um, mm-hmm. depending on what she's about to give birth to. Um, and Just I a giant ovary or a giant <laughs> vulva, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> just pooping out just pooping out monsters yeah it's <laughs> not quite what i had in mind but you know we can we can go with that one um, of my favorite uh mm-hmm. deities from pathfinder is lamashtu who is the mother of monsters mm-hmm. and i if if i'm not mistaken the way that she's originally depicted is like kind of like a jackal-headed woman who has scars all over her stomach from where her children literally scratched and bit their way out of. Um, oh yeah. I'm looking at that now. Damn. Yeah. That's pretty brutal. Yeah, no, Lamashtu's pretty dope. And uh in from what I'm remembering, she was also the mother of Knowles. So it's also mm. like this, yeah. All sorts of weird, fucked up cool mythology. Go check out Lamashtu. Actually, go check out most of the gods and goddesses from the uh, Galerion setting because they're one of my favorite like fantasy standards that I've seen around. Yeah, she looks she looks very cool and disturbing <laughs> yeah, and horrifying. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. but which I think is appropriate for being the mother of monsters. I I kind of agree. Yeah, it's I'm I'm always disappointed when you see the mother of monsters and it's just like literally a human woman. It's like really, yeah, like, that's the best no, thing you got. Okay, I was definitely picturing something more that has like parts of different monsters either embedded in her or like I said, if she shifts shape over time. Mm, um, mm. But yeah, definitely not just a, a plain old lady. Interesting. So what is your faction then? Um, so mine is um, based on the magic that I thought would be associated with uh, the plane of monsters. And I'm thinking along the lines of summoning and being able to communicate and control animal, communicate with and control animals. Interesting. Um, so I, I could see some sort of like primal um, 
druidic summoning type group who who actively tries to like draw monsters from the plane of monsters and mm-hmm. almost worships them as as demigods or minor deities mm-hmm. and probably attempts to like use them in some way or attempts to control them which doesn't always work out in their favor um because if they if they're pulling like a, a literal dragon from this plane uh, maybe they'd be able to control it for a small amount of time but eventually it would probably overpower them and get away and start wreaking havoc across the world can i can i make a gross suggestion yes please do okay <laughs> uh, i had I, I i love this idea uh, i I, love I wonder this. if you're going where i just thought you might be going <laughs> oh well we're gonna find out Mm-hmm. I had I had a great because I was remember that I uh, the magic that we're talking about here it is infused and awakened in people places and mm-hmm. things and for me I was thinking places would be really great and really interesting so I'm imagining a birthing cave which is mm-hmm. a previously Gross. regular ass cave yeah exactly mm-hmm. a previously regular cave that is now like wet and slick with ichor and it's like you don't know how or why but suddenly there are monsters literally crawling out of this thing Mm -hmm. and i could see it as kind of a uh like you set it and forget it for your enemies type thing (laughs) so you find an area within an enemy uh territory Mm -hmm. you awaken this cave and then suddenly they're direct territory is now infested with monsters because you found and summoned this cave to existence oh interesting that's pretty and cool. gross you gotta you gotta that, yeah. in the gross for the oh, monsters yeah, yeah i'm picturing like very fleshy and like like wet like you said lots of moisture in there. yes yeah um so in terms of horror movies you have you have the old you know prosthetics and stuff like that mm-hmm. And there is a subcategory of puppets within the prosthetics that are just the wettest puppets available. (laughs) Shout outs to scaredy cats. But it's like, yeah, you want the wettest puppets, a.k.a. the wettest monsters that are like just covered in slime, like head Or like an an alien where they use like gallons upon gallons of like goop. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My question for you, Courtney, is the opposite mm-hmm. of my usual question um, mm-hmm. of how do we make it physical? It's mm-hmm. how do we make it um, metaphorical? So, like, what do the monsters represent culturally or, I don't know, psychically to these peoples? Like, are they um, are scary in ourselves? Are they like our possibilities? Like, what do they mean metaphorically? I would say, like, primal fear of the unknown, um, which I think could also t- work well with Rob's like monster nest cave idea where it's you the open that. Cave, but, Courtney. It's sorry, the birthing cave, the birthing, yeah. the birthing cave, the gross birthing cave <laughs> <laughs> where you, you open that, that portal essentially between worlds, but you don't know what's going to come out of it. Um, like you, mm, you have no way of predicting. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's curiosity, but yeah, sort of opening Pandora's box in a way, like you don't know what's going to, burst out of there and wreck everything cool so instead of this being like a plane of monsters can we just Mm. can we just call it this is the plane of unknown fear or something like that Mm. because the reason i'm bringing this up this way is because if we're inverting these planes 
if you mm-hmm. go from the plane of monsters to the plane of like regular ass human mo- like humans or like regular ass animals like it's adorable the- woodland creatures now <laughs> yeah right like i think that's less interesting yeah. what the inverse could be right mm-hmm. so what 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 do you think about that like i could be completely off base if you want to keep it as monsters that's fine but like what what are we what are we thinking about the inversion for that as well no i do like the idea of like a plane of fear or mm-hmm. the fear of the unknown um so inverting that could be, I mean, you would, you'd sort of know everything that's there, mm-hmm. but at the same time, that would get rid of the sense of wonderment from it. Mm-hmm. There would no longer be any awe to it. The question of the inversion is like, okay, if this is the plane of fear where monsters and the unknown live, is the power manifesting in the people the opposite of that? Like, is that what we mean? Well, that's the concept, right? Because if we're in Uh, the land of the living or the prime material plane and then it gets and then the goal of the land of the dead is to invert everything. mm -hmm. My guess is that the planes in between are going to invert in some way as well. So Mm -hmm. to me, like, okay, if we're thinking of inversions, what's the inversion of fear and is the inversion of fear? Is it courage or or is it knowledge? Right. Because specifically we could go either way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, so then you could express that if the, if, if the power that comes from commanding the, the plane of fear is that, you know, you have a sure, a sure knowledge of things, you know, those might be like mages who are very research-based. It could be courageous barbarians, depending on how you want to spin it. But I imagine too, lore-wise, that means that that realm of fear used to be a kingdom that either had a lot of knowledge or a lot mm. of, of, of strength like from a roman sense Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so that's what you're really tapping into in the inversion yeah i could see that as like a even a almost almost real way of doing it if that makes sense like if the kingdom had previously done enormous amounts of research and had maybe even started to experiment on animals and create their own like maybe that's how it eventually became this this plane of like primal unknown terrifying monsters because that's sort of the dregs of what was left over from their research initially i i like the idea that what we're doing by introducing these planes is we're no longer because once we once daniel came up with that concept of the inversion Mm. our our planes that we're introducing are now pulling double duty because now we get two planes for the price of one because now we're inverting (laughs) each of them and we're inventing that plane at the same time (laughs) So it's like, cool, you've come. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like this is like so easy to do. And now we have, uh, we have eight realms and then there's probably a middle one, which is neutral to inversion in some way. But I think Mm -hmm. that that is interesting and really cool in and of itself. You know, like I think that like completely spontaneously, we have now doubled our output, which is really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, so I would like, uh, can we in fact double dip with this whole inversion of Courtney's concept and make it both a realm of courage and knowledge so we can have yeah. like barbarian librarians of some kind? <laughs> yes. Oh, maybe they're, they're like studious, but they also express that culturally through like, you know, mastering your body and the way and the mm. knowledge of your body too. Like yeah. they express that mm-hmm. as like, if you're really athletic, you study, but athleticism is also an expression of that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Control. Mm-hmm. And then of course we can get the Dune reference, which is fear is the mind killer. Right. Yeah. So we can, we can go, we can go full Dune with it and have all that good stuff. 
Uh, Courtney, <laughs> my question to you is, can you give me a glimpse into this plane of monsters? Give me like a cool geographic location or some kind of like description, even if just like a really tiny sliver of it. Like, do you have in mind what it might look like? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking um, it's very, I think, dark, um, stormy. There's a lot of like turbulence in the weather. Um, I imagine that the geographical features too are all very like large and um, maybe like visually dominant. Like you would enter the world and almost be overcome with how just how much and how vast there is of everything and mm. how how tall the mountains are, how deep the valleys are, how enormous the oceans are, because of course they have to be home to all of these gigantic like leviathans and mythical yeah. creatures. Um, so Immense everything is just is the really oversized. Yeah, just oversized. Yeah. And like, if you as a person would enter that realm, you would just feel like this microscopic little ant um, mm-hmm. in this in this land. Can can we fuck with it a little bit more? And can we have it so the the geography is changing as well? Mm, so it's like yeah. you can't really map anything out. It's a mm. matter of oh well, this is what we got, you know. Oh, I could. You could almost bring like quantum elements into it, where you you look away from something and you look back, and it's just completely changed all of a sudden. Oh yeah, like, you're, you're as like soon walking. as you observe something and look away, it's it's gonna change. Like there's no there's no way you can actually keep track of anything. I love that, and I love the visual of you're walking like you're trying to ford a river, and then you turn around, and somehow there's just like this immense vast forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this immense forest before you and suddenly there's dozens of glowing eyes looking at you mm, like something yeah. like that where it's like you were just gripped with fear constantly right mm-hmm. because there's always something that there's like a it, there's teeth that are like at your neck constantly mm-hmm. there's something that you just can't over you know overcome yeah yeah that's a good expression of the of the concept absolutely mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely courtney yeah. Uh, Daniel, why don't you go ahead and hit us with your plane of existence? What concept did you decide to run with here? Um, what's What's funny is that I think I'm on the same um, uh, plane as Courtney in the sense <laughs> of um, going after like a, a feeling. Um, so I was thinking about a plane of um, desire um, or a plane of passion, okay. of That's volcanism cool. and creation. So like, um, uh, I'm thinking it's funny because now we're talking about the inversion of it. I have, I have an idea of how that might work, but I imagine in this plane, you know, your traditional fire plane, but with overtones of like Hephaestus kind of like, you know, like Dwarven forge sort of deal where they're constantly making things and there's, it's the plane of metal and the plane of like, um, creation basically. Hmm. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. So, the, so is that, is that, so we're not, we're not getting lost to this is more of creativity is I'm trying to. Sure. So, why not? Yeah. I would say maybe cause the pa- passion, I think it would be one of them too. Passion. Okay. Like the fire mm-hmm. passion. And from that comes creation and industry and, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, labor. Interesting. Okay. Um, it's, it's so funny that you should mention that because my, I I have to cut in and and mention my plane because I'm not 
sure if uh, we have inverted planes or not, Daniel. Oh, okay. Uh, because I wanted to do the wilds, and oh. uh, it is it is a plane of vast forests and wildlife, but uh, freedom and chaos in a lot of ways as well. Uh, my faction, I, I want to get this in here as well. My faction was, you, they just ran around and introduced werewolves into the setting. Uh, because again, <laughs> I love werewolves and what represents the, you know, the overwhelming wildness of man being overtaken, you know, or rather the, um, there's the civilized nature of man being overtaken by the, the, the wolven savagery. And that's what I wanted to get at. Are we opposites here, Daniel? Are our are our planes inversions of one another? I, th- I think we can make that work because when I pictured passion, I don't picture like an uncontrolled, um, chaotic like mm-hmm. desire. Even that's yeah, I keep thinking of something focused. So, like for example, someone's like lifelong passion or goal, which is it's 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 like very obsessive. So instead of being like all over the place, you're focused on one thing or so to be like a, a Vulcan God of fire or a create creator, you know, mm. you're building something in particular rather mm. than, you know, it being, you know, yeah. destructive or chaotic. Mm. So sure. I'm because uh, I was thinking about my inversion as well. And because my plane is essentially just a vast forest or a vast, you know, like wildlife preserve. I was thinking the opposite of that would be, nothing but city streets like there is not a tree amongst oh, it yeah yeah like complete mm. and not only that but it's a planned city not like mm. european or you know like boston for example <laughs> <laughs> you know where it's like it's all grid patterns and it's all very specific where it's it's very axiomatic i didn't want to go straight law chaos but i think mm. that this idea that you have here civilization and passion is kind of the inversion of what I was thinking, Daniel, but yeah, it's almost like, it's almost like harnessing the potential for something versus letting it grow wild. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a really interesting through line there, Courtney. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like you you take the concept of potential and then you have untapped potential, which I imagine would be the wilds. And then Mm -hmm. you have your uh, honed potential, your passion, right? So that's that's kind of an interesting thing as well. I like I like that kind of concept that we can play with too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was your faction, Danny? I, I I cut you off there. I apologize. What what's what faction did you want to involve here with our with our kind of dueling planes that we have? Well, now that I've heard of the wilds and how those link together, <laughs> I'm not so sure I want it to be what I imagined, but we can workshop it. But I had thought originally of some kind of you know, pseudo Mesoamerican culture of like sacrificing people mm-hmm. and um, burning them alive to achieve some sort of power out of that. Um, nice. So I don't know how we might alter that, given that it, it, they're probably far more, um, I don't know, the, they're probably not as connected to the wilds as your realm would be since it's the inversion of it. Why, why do we have to get rid of any of that? I see. I know. I see. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we go ahead and take it a step further? Maybe this mm. faction is finding the monsters and the wild things that are hiding within these crevices and they're burning them. They're trying to literally burn out the chaos that's yeah. lying within, mm-hmm. you know? That's what I pictured. And then yeah. like, 
before we had figured out that the powers manifest as the opposite, I thought it would be like having a bunch of pyrokineticists who can control, Mm. if it meant the literal, like control, like the fire inside of others, or maybe that could be mind control or charm or something. But Mm -hmm. since it's the opposite of passion and fire, maybe it would be, I don't know, like, um, like cold-esque abilities or abilities that are meant to like paralyze or well the the manifestation still works i mean my Mm -hmm. the inversion of mine is just like you create werewolves like i want to keep it Uh simple but Mm -hmm. your your fire ability doesn't you know like fight with what we're going here okay we're going okay yeah i would like that i think that makes more sense yeah not only that but now you have this faction of you know, like witch burner, like witch finders who bring their own pyre with them. Like they, yes. like, don't worry, we don't have to gather the townsfolk. I can just light them ablaze with a fucking touch, you know, like that kind of thing. Like I'm picturing like Melisandra, you know, when they take someone and she looks into the fire, but in this case, like they take someone and she looks into that person and they catch on fire, you know? Mm. Right. That's pretty right. cool. Yeah. I, I like that concept as well. Mm. Like where you look into someone and you can see how wild or how passionate mm-hmm. they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. And also yeah. you'd have like these eyes of, of knowing, like by looking at someone, you can know what they really want. And so that's where the charm and the manipulation might come from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, again, my faction, very simple. Like they make werewolves. They, they are basically recidivists where they want people to go and like shed actually it's it's literally and i hate to do this to myself it is literally reject modernity return to monkey like that (laughs) that's basically what i what this faction is they're like why like we don't need this go and eat Mm -hmm. meat with your raw hands and your raw teeth like you don't need any of this This is all coddling you like that's kind of the concept that i wanted to run with Mm-hmm. And it, it makes me wonder, because I'm thinking about the three of the things we've come up with, they seem to be in some way aspects of a single thing. And it makes me wonder if if maybe this inversion isn't the inversion of individual lands, but the inversion of a single land that's been shattered into bits. Yes. So oh, like, you know, like, Daniel, woo! Love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Like maybe this emperor achieved like a, a total totalitarianism and he conquered the entire continent and then all of this happened. Then he's been shattered in the af- in the afterworld and he's yeah. trying to achieve the same thing in the, maybe, the new world. Maybe the keys themselves are also, they were once a unified piece that was yeah. literally sh- shattered apart. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this world that we're talking about is literally a singular world that has been broken apart. And mm-hmm. then the king is trying to reunite everything. Maybe he's not even a villain. Maybe right. this is him. This is him trying to make good on the thing that he fucked up, you mm-hmm. know, like thousands of years ago in the past. Maybe yeah. this is all yeah. not. Maybe maybe the 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 ferrymen are unwittingly not the good guys in this situation. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like he might see them as his children. Yeah. No, they're 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 trying to stop you know, the reunification of this plane of existence. Absolutely. I could also see, though, that, like, over time, the reunification becomes less of a good thing, given how, Mm. like, the planes have become warped. Like, we've got the giant, like, kaiju over on my plane of unknown (laughs) beer. um, So I could see, like, maybe in the past, bringing them back together would have worked. But at this point, it's like so far gone that mashing them all together might just create this horrendous like chaos world 
So that's really fucking cool. (laughs) Um, And it also reminds me of the Shards of Alara, which is a Magic the Gathering set where, so magic is broken into five colors. And in Shards of Alara, there was once the world as it was known, which is Alara. And uh, it was broken apart. So each plane only had three colors of magic. And then what ended up happening is at the end of all of this, they all came back together and boy, did things go wrong because, you know, like (laughs) there was the white plane, which had, which wasn't used to chaos or death. And then all of a sudden you have like these monsters coming back and, you know, like they were expecting like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're gathering our gear to go fight in an army and they've only fought, you know, like honorable duels for the last hundreds and hundreds of years. And then all of a sudden they're gathering their stuff together and goblins are attacking them as they're putting their war gear on. They're like, wait a minute, what is this? You know, like they're completely unprepared for the chaos and the death that is to come. And then obviously that's the inverse on all the other planes. Like everything that they had been missing is now coming Mm -hmm. in. It's like, oh fuck, what is this? (laughs) This is not what we expected. Mm -hmm. I love Lara. It's one of my favorite sets. Not my favorite though. (laughs) Not my favorite. It does. It does feel very much um, MTG kind of what we're dealing with. Yeah, not in a bad way. I think um, mm-hmm. I think Magic is, has some of the best world building, uh, even yeah, if it has cool some world. of the worst writing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, all those mm-hmm. the part of the joy of playing Magic was for me for me was looking at the cards and looking at the art and the, the, the specifically oh. the, mm-hmm. the little one sentence um suggestion of lore and like oh so much from that yeah the flavor text is like yeah i agree Mm -hmm. i i read all of the cards just for the flavor text sometimes you know like yeah uh and and i'm right there with you also if you want to talk about fucking art game magic hands down is one of the best sources for uh absolutely uh art uh fantasy art of any kind it's so fucking good oh i i absolutely love it um so we've got our we've got our world of Alara light here, right? And I love the concept that this king is trying to fit everything back together. We've got our world of Alara, uh, or, or, or fake Alara. We've got this this kingdom and uh, or this empire, I suppose. So where where do we want to go from here? Do we do? I mean, we've we've basically created the main quest line, and I think it's one of those things where you can choose whether or not the unification, the reunification Mm -hmm. of the world is a good thing or a bad thing. And you can make that decision. And those are the branching storylines that you see before you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We did the main quest, but Uh we have side questy things too. You're right. Courtney. We do. Okay. So main quest done and dusted super easy, but you're right. Courtney, we do have side quests that we need to fulfill and man, that's going to be real different. So let me pull that up. (laughs) We're going to roll some dice and chaos will reign. So for these weird side quests, we often change up the genre. We're going to reimagine this world and try and see what it would look like in another time, place, and die roll, essentially. So the first thing that we need to figure out is the new genre is going to be a space western. Okay. (laughs) What? And let's see, the theme that we're going to be doing within this space Western is going to be creation. And the first thing that we're focusing on here is going to be a villain. So we've got a space Western 
focused on creation and it is focusing on a villain. So I don't think that this is actually as difficult as we are Mm -hmm. considering it to be. Space Western, I feel like we can, instead of planes of existence, we can just use Mm -hmm. planets. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's done and dusted pretty simply out the gate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The thing that I'm also thinking is that this is now going to rely on some kind of a celestial convergence to force all these planets into one again, is my guess. But uh, again, oh, oh. do mm. asteroids because space westerns and asteroids always work well together. <laughs> and then the asteroids could be pieces of a planet. Okay, I I, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that works. Yeah. yeah, and you could put it in an asteroid belt. Belt cowboys horses. We're good. Nice. Wow. Very Daniel, nice. this is oh my. <laughs> So, okay, so we've got this. So let's talk about the villain then. What is, who is the villain and what is his goal? Again, our theme is creation. So he's trying to create something is my guess, right? Space corporation. Yeah. Or like space mafia, space crime boss. Ooh, space crime Mm. boss. Okay. What's he trying to make? (laughs) Why does he need to make a planet That's my question. Yeah. Why does he want to put the, the asteroids back together? I wish it was space pirates because that would be so much more fun. Space pirates, but yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do I have space pirates as a subgenre? I do not. <laughs> Can we add? Well, oh yeah, that, that needs to go on there. <laughs> I mean, you know what? For all intents and purposes, let's say fuck it. What? Why is space pirates better here, Daniel? <laughs> well, I was thinking like Treasure Planet. Isn't that the one that's like space pirates? That was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. It, it didn't involve like some kind of map to some planet thing. That I guess that's the treasure planet. Yeah, that would make sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, space pirates because. Oh yeah, maybe I'm thinking of Titan A. Well, because I'm thinking like usually <laughs> in, a, in a pirate thing, you usually have this big bad old pirate who's evil who wants to achieve something. Usually, he just wants gold, but he's trying to recover something. So I, I always feel like that would work, but I feel like we could still work with the Western in the same way because yeah, there is usually right. a parallel for that pirate somehow. Mm. Mm-hmm. And t- in Westerns, typically the villain is like the mayor or, mm-hmm. you know, like the corporation, the you know, well, not mm-hmm. necessarily the law because, you know, the law can often be the good person. It's, it's often like, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's often like the evil ass corporation who is mm-hmm. trying to in, in inflict its will onto the town or the, the corrupt order. So what you mean? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Okay. So I think corporation would fulfill that role. That's the easy way out, but I don't mind opposed to that, but we should do a twist on it. I agree. I think corporations, um, be considering that they're people and also really good for everyone involved. Um, <laughs> they, they, they get a hard job. So let's, you know, let's try and, and stay away from the corporations for this time. Maybe we can make it something else. Maybe we can figure out something else here. So, I mean, thinking about Westerns, of course, there's the classic, like, um, railroad robbery, train robbery type trope. I wonder if we can pull that in somehow. Okay. If there's like a, if there's like a ridiculous like monorail type thing that goes through the okay. asteroid belt yes right. courtney yes i, yeah, I think yes. i have it yes this villain is waiting for the celestial convergence where all of the asteroids line up so it can run a space train and 
and and steal all of these asteroids one after another. Yes. And force them back into yes. a planet. Hell yes. Yes. And yeah. I'm that's guessing, so ridiculous. It has to be. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um and, and I'm guessing that they're doing this because they're gonna sell oh, oh. It? <laughs> the planet. Yeah. No, no, because because so there's something about all the pieces are valuable, but when they're put together, they make something super valuable that they can then steal. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's pieces. Oh. Maybe it was a moving planet, and it's some kind of weapon, or it's some kind of like device. Or if if we want to bring in the space pirates, maybe it is the uh, the key or the atlas, or basically the the place that's going to tell you where the treasure is. It's, it's not the treasure. Hole. It's not the treasure itself, but it's the thing that's going to show you where the next. Tre- it's a treasure map. Oh my god! It's, these, yeah. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly it's, what and, it is. Okay. And if you want to tie it to the Western, it's like it's finding the gold mine. When you put it back together again, yeah. it's actually a machine that opens a wormhole to the treasure. <laughs> okay, uh, so it's um, it's also like, oh, this is there's gold here, and this person knows it, you know. But then that person dies, but he left his map. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay, yeah. that totally <laughs> works. It doesn't make sense, but it does kind of, but it totally works. Okay. And then of course, uh, the, the quest here is your, wait, 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 what is the quest here? Are you trying to stop them from putting the asteroids together or are you, or is it like a race against time to put these things together? I'm picturing it as like a race against, a race against the villains to get the treasure. Gotcha. Gotcha. Can we, can we also be the villains? So instead of... (laughs) Yes, of course. Oh, yeah, totally. But wait a minute. So I'm kind of rethinking this concept. Maybe when the asteroids come together in this celestial convergence, that's what shows you the way. So you don't need to, like, steal the asteroids themselves, but you Mm -hmm. use them as a guide to go from asteroid, 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 and then it shows you where you need to go. You Mm -hmm. know, that kind of thing. Oh, so you got to, like, get on the train, get in there, steal the bit, go to the next one, steal the bit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's what the keys are for. Maybe that's, maybe it's mm-hmm. a key to, maybe the keys in this case are literally pieces of a treasure map or pieces of something that you need to reconstruct and it tells you where the the super valuable item is. You know, that mm-hmm. kind of and here, here's the wrinkle. Yeah. By getting all those keys, those little bits together and turning on the device, since the asteroids are still where they were, what that'll do is create a black hole type situation that will suck all the asteroids in. And destroy all the people living on them. I was going to say that seems really bad. That seems that like something yeah. we don't want to really do. Bad. So well, that's why we we can't. That's why the treasure's got to remain in its hole. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Okay. Sure. I'm going to call it. I feel like that's pretty mm. fucking good where we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So that'll do it for this episode. World build with us. A big thank you to Diplo Raptor again for this prompt and remember that if you want us to talk about your world like we did with Diploraptor you can always go to our website worldbuildwithus.com click on the radial button and submit your prompt to us and eventually we will build it and you will come um but not in that way Courtney uh well well. (laughs) (laughs) no I I was totally thinking that you're you're fair (laughs) I know I know I'm trying to cut you off at the pass here uh anyway this has been an episode of World Build with us. Thank you so much for listening. Remember that. Go to our website. Follow us on the social media. 
all that stuff I said in the beginning, especially the Patreon stuff. If you like what we're doing here, we love hearing feedback from you in the Discord. More importantly than Patreon is Discord, kind of. Uh, But go there, do all that stuff. Remember that we love you very much, and we're going to get through this together until next week. Thank you.